the Tom Sumner Program. Old-fashioned radio for a new generation. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you, Tom. You know that. Yay, Tom! I love it in Flint! You're very astute, Tom. Have an easy question. I'll debate Andy Dillon on your show. Well, oh, that's a very good question. Uh, hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner. I'm alright, Tom. How are you? Lucky Ciao, Tom. How are you today? <laughs> Hi, this is actor comedian Jonah Pody, and you're listening to the Tom Snyder, uh, Tom Smothers. Uh, I mean, I'm sorry. What's his name? Uh, Sumner. The Tom Sumner Program. Good morning, Tom. How are you doing? Hey, at least I got the Tom part right. The Tom Sumner Program, old-fashioned radio for a new generation. A social distancing tip. While the CDC urges you to avoid close contact, like hugging or shaking hands, there are other non-physical ways to say hello. Wave, wink, use sign language, salute, smile, give the peace sign, throw up an air high five, do jazz hands. Remember, stay a minimum of six feet or two arms length away from others and stay home if you can. For more info, visit coronavirus.gov. Let's all do our part because we're all hashtag alone together. Brought to you by the Ad Council. Tamaya, Sammy, Lauren, Maya, Raya, Riley, Ella, Gabby, Emma, Alyssa, and the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. of Christmas my true love gave to me a Japanese transistor radio on the second day of Christmas my true love gave to me green polka dot pajamas and a Japanese transistor radio it's a Nakashuma on the third day of Christmas my true love gave to me a calendar book with the name of my insurance man green polka dot pajamas and a Japanese transistor radio it's the Mark IV model that's the one that's discontinued on the fourth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me A simulated alligator wallet A calendar book with the name of my insurance man Green pajamas And a Japanese transistor radio And it comes in a leatherette case with holes in it So you could listen right through the case <laughs> On the fifth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me A statue of a lady with a clock Where her stomach ought to be <laughs> And it has a wire with a thing on one end that you could stick in your ear and a thing on the other end that you can't stick anywhere because it's bent. <laughs> on the sixth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me a hammered aluminum nutcracker and all that other stuff. And a Japanese transistor radio. On the seventh day of Christmas, my true love gave to me A pink satin pillow that says San Diego with fringe all around it and all that other stuff. And a Japanese transistor radio. On the eighth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me An indoor plastic birdbath. All that other stuff. And a Japanese transistor radio. On the ninth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me 
pair of teakwood shower clogs. And a Japanese transistor radio. On the tenth day of Christmas, my true love for me. A chromium combination manicure scissors and cigarette lighter. And a Japanese transistor radio. On the eleventh day of Christmas, my true love for me. An automatic vegetable slicer that works when you see it on television, but not when you get it home. <laughs> and a Japanese transistor radio. On the twelfth day of Christmas, although it may seem strange. On the twelfth day of Christmas, I'm going to exchange. <laughs> An automatic vegetable slicer that works when you see it on television, but not when you get it home. Chromium combination manager, scissors and cigarette lighter. Pair of teakwood shower clogs. Indoor plastic bird bath. A pink satin pillow that says San Diego with fringe all around it. Hammered aluminum nutcracker. Statue of a lady with a clock where her stomach ought to be. Calendar book with the name of my insurance man. Green polka pajamas and a Japanese transistor radio. Merry Christmas, everybody! This was another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program.
Yeah. 
your nuts all right but i'll give you one chance to prove me wrong make me believe you're the real santa claus and if you can do that right well i'll let you sleep it off at home tonight yeah <laughs> down low and he put his finger on the side of his nose and he started humming Christmas carols real low he said when you were five years old your name was Greg you left me milk and cookies and a note that said dear Santa all I really want is a puppy I love him forever and I'll name him Buddy and so you did for 15 years till Buddy passed away and you cried many tears and you lost your faith like so many do. But I got a little something to tell you that's true. The love you give never really goes away and it all comes back on Christmas Day. So here's a little something that I want to give to you. And Santa handed him a puppy named Buddy Jr. Lopez with Crime Stoppers. Have you ever wondered what to do if you have information about a crime or the whereabouts of a felony fugitive and you want the police to know but you need to remain anonymous? Well, here's what you can do. You can go to p3tips.com or download the mobile app. You can go to Crime Stoppers of Flint and Genesee County's Facebook page and click on the Leave an Anonymous Tip tab, or you can call 1-800-422-JAIL. All methods are anonymous, and if your help leads to a felony arrest, you may be eligible for a cash reward. Remember, your voice matters. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Out of sight. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Make the Yuletide gay From 
Hi, this is Tom from the Tom Sumner Program. If you like talk radio that makes you think without telling you what to think, check out our whole show weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern at TomSumnerProgram.com. Selected segments are also available on this and other radio stations, but you can hear us anytime. Daily editions of the Tom Sumner Program repeat online all day and night on the show's website. Past shows can be found in the website archives. My long-format interviews with New York Times best-selling authors, photographers and writers from National Geographic, as well as artists, musicians, candidates, and elected officials are made possible by listeners like you. Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening and thanks for your support. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, CDC recommends you stay home and check your health for 14 days after returning to the United States. Take your temperature with a thermometer two times a day. Watch for symptoms like fever, cough, and trouble breathing. And if you feel sick or have symptoms, call ahead before you go to a doctor's office or emergency room. Tell the doctor about your recent travel and your symptoms, and avoid contact with others. For more information, visit cdc.gov. Have you lost your job and your health care coverage due to COVID-19? You're not alone, and Genesee Health Plan can help. I called, and they provided health care enrollment over the phone with Medicaid, HealthCare.gov, and Genesee Health Plan. They made sure I had access to doctor visits, my prescriptions, and more. Getting health care coverage can be confusing. You don't have to do it alone. Get help with GHP. Call 844-232-7740 or go to GeneseeHealthPlan.org. We're in this together, and together we'll get we through it. wish you all. Merry Christmas from the Tom Sumner Show. Oh, yeah. And welcome back, everybody. Um, according to a new survey uh, uh, commissioned by uh, Republic Services, six out of ten Americans. Uh, find that they're more worried about the future of the environment, and that's been impacted to some degree by the pandemic. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more with the sustainability ambassador from Republic Services, Jeremy Walters, who joins me by phone. Jeremy, welcome to the show. Hey, Tom. Thank you for having me on. Um, Jeremy, let me ask first, um, what is it about Republic Services that makes them want to commission a study? It was conducted by one poll, um, but um, uh, 
sort of commissioned or, or um, hired by Republic Services to do this poll. <clears throat> what is it about uh, Republic Services that makes this information of value to you as a company? Well, you know, recycling is a very large part of our business, but it's not just business-oriented. You know, we have sustainability goals that we want to meet as a company. And, you know, uh, traditionally speaking, people think Republic Services is a waste company, but I like to think of them as a sustainability company. And, you know, recycling is a key component of sustainability. So we've got recycling operations all across the United States, and this data helps us to understand better what consumers need to become better recyclers. I think the data shows that there's a lot of people that really want to recycle and they want to do it right, but sometimes we might need to do a little extra work to get those tools to them so they can be the best recycler possible. Isn't, isn't the key to a lot of this simply setting up uh, systems that make it easier Yeah, that's a big part of it, you know. Uh, I'm thinking, you know, Jeremy, I'm thinking, uh, for example, you know, in my house, we go through a lot of canned soda. I probably shouldn't admit that, but we do. And so we have a, a separate container to collect empty cans um, because we get money back, you know, for returning those to the stores in Michigan. And, you know, so... That's something that's very easy for us to do. We don't have to collect them from someplace. They're already right there. And and can't we do some of those things with recyclables? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, for us as a company, we've tried to make recycling just that, very simple. And you'll see across the U.S. we've implemented, uh, called a few different things, but all-in-one recycling, single-stream recycling, and that's the idea that you take all your recyclables uh, prepared properly and you throw them in one single bin and then we take them and we do all the separation for you. So we can't make it much easier than that. Um, but there are some things that people do need to know. And, you know, not everything is recyclable, but also like your cans, some things do have to be rinsed free of residual food or liquids. And, and what kinds of things are and are not recyclable? So when we're talking about recycling, at least curbside, we're talking about things that are very simple, you know, paper, cardboard, cans, bottles, and jugs. Uh, and then if you have glass uh, available in your recycling market, then glass bottles and jars. Other things can't go in the recycling bin, but they might be able to be recycled. And just like I'm talking to you today, this phone, this cell phone that I have, it can be recycled, but it can't be recycled curbside. You have to take that and put it through a designated recycling process. So most everything in this world can be recycled, just not everything can be recycled curbside. So, again, the paper, the cardboard, the glass bottles and jars, the uh, metal cans, the plastic bottles and jugs, that's all we're really looking for curbside because that's all our process can handle. And what we see more often than not is that sometimes people are confusing the idea of reuse with recycling. And what I mean by that is someone may be uh, outgrowing their bowling league and they don't want their bowling ball anymore, so they throw it in their recycling bin thinking that, hey, it's still usable. The waste company will take it and they'll figure out what to do with it. When in all reality, 
we don't have the capacity to deal with that, it creates safety concerns at our recycling centers, but you should take that to a second-hand store so it can have a second life. Right. And, and what about on the, uh, on the purchasing side? What, what are the things that people should um, do differently in their buying habits to avoid um, creating more waste? So number one, uh, it's, a, it's a really simple one, and that's just bringing your own bags to the grocery store. Uh, one of the biggest misconceptions, and actually uh, the survey even showed, uh, people are bagging their recyclables. About 62% of people said that they bag their recyclables. The bags themselves create uh, very unique challenges at the recycling center. They can't be recycled curbside. They're flexible in nature. They wrap and tangle around the sorting equipment. So when you go to the grocery store, Bring your own reusable bag. Reusable bags, on average, save about 20,000 single-use plastic bags in their lifetime. So that's a dramatic uh, you know, dip in the amount of waste that you make. When you think about a typical uh, grocery store trip, right, you've got maybe a handful of grocery bags. You know, If you think about that every time you go to the grocery store, so things like that. Buying um, fresh produce that aren't you know, bagged or individually wrapped. Uh, sometimes buying in bulk can help uh, reduce the amount of packaging that comes along with your products. So think along those lines of how you can reduce the amount of packaging that you're purchasing. And then as you become familiar with what is recyclable, you can look for products that come in definitively recyclable packaging. Um, in, in the survey itself, Jeremy, what were some of the things that you found and, and how did... How is the pandemic impacting uh, consumers' concern for um, for the environment? So the survey showed that an overwhelming amount of the respondents recognized the importance of recycling, about 75%. Uh, unfortunately, only about 52% said that they do it most of the time. And so one of the biggest uh, hurdles that they identified was that they don't have space for an extra bin. And that was about 30% of the respondents. And so first and foremost, let's talk about that extra bin. Um, you know, we typically think, oh, I need a, you know, two trash cans, one for my trash and one for my recyclables. But for example, in my household, I actually collect my recyclables in a fairly small wicker basket that fits in the bottom of my pantry. So thinking outside of the bin, <laughs> you know, is a good idea when we're trying to think about how we can maybe save some space to collect our recyclables and then take them out to our curbside bin. Um, you know, I think more than ever with the pandemic, people are spending a lot more time at home, and this is what's creating this aha moment on how much waste they really make. Because let's think about it in the sense that if you were still working at your office and then you have your home life, uh, you've got sort of two buckets of waste, and the first at the office, you're a little bit removed with how much you maybe really produce. And what I mean by that is if you're working in an office setting, you know, typically a larger office setting, you may have a janitorial staff. And while you may actually throw your trash and your recyclables in a, you know, a basket below your desk, you're not the one that's actually taking that basket and emptying it into the, the business or the office building's uh, main collection point. So you're a little bit removed from that process, and you may not realize how much you actually make. 
So then you're at home, and at home you realize, you know, oh, hey, you know, I'm doing a pretty good job of recycling. But now that the pandemic has taken place and a lot more of us are spending more time at home, and, you know, if you, let's say a typical family of four, you've got, you know, two adults and two kids working at home, you guys are probably really realizing how much waste you actually all make. But because the four of you previous uh, to the pandemic were out in the world making that trash, now it's centralized at home. And you see how much you really, really make because you're responsible from the point of generation to basically the point of collection. And I think it's, again, giving people that aha moment to say, wow, we're really making a lot of trash. And they might be starting to think about how they can change those habits to waste less uh, or even just recycle more. Is there certain kind of packaging that's that's more eco-friendly than others? Yeah, uh, you know, cardboard packaging is widely recyclable. Um, you know, cardboard is accepted in just about every single recycling market across the United States. Um, so cardboard is great. Um, the one thing that I would say on the flip side, though, to try to stay away from is our biggest challenge, and that's the flexible packaging. So think along the lines of like a grocery bag. That same principle applies to, uh, you know, uh, lettuce or spinach wrapped in those plastic bags. Or things that are shrink-wrapped. Yeah, things that are shrink-wrapped. If you're shopping on Amazon, you know, the air-filled pillow packs that come inside. And the best way I can help people understand why they're a challenge for us is when you vacuum at home, you've got the rollers on your vacuum that are picking up all the debris on the ground. And eventually, over time, those rollers do build up with hair. And if you don't clean them out, your vacuum may jam altogether. Uh, It becomes less efficient. So that same principle applies over at the recycling center because we're using thick shafts with discs on them to separate the material. And as they get built up with the flexible plastics, they actually create jams and inefficiencies on our process. So I would say that uh, more so than what's better packaging, the the biggest challenge is the flexible stuff. Now, going back to the good stuff, um, I know you drink a lot of soda, (laughs) but (laughs) aluminum. Aluminum is a great recyclable. Uh, it uses about 80% less energy to recycle it than it does to go to a mine to refine aluminum ore. So we love aluminum. There is no uh, limit to how many times it can be recycled. It is a great product uh, from durability standpoint, but also from the overall sustainability standpoint. Uh, it's, it's a great material for recycling. With this study, uh, Jeremy, um, is there... Is there a similar study from before the pandemic that that shows some comparison and, and indicates that people are becoming more aware? I believe we have done a study previous to this one. Uh, I don't have that data in front of me, and I could follow up with you on it. But uh, I think that the data on this one in particular is is really astounding because people are having sort of uh, no choice but to really look at what they're making at home and say, hey, we've got to make some changes to be more sustainable. What were the kinds of things that you asked people in the study? Or Uh, survey, I guess I should say. From the very basic, sure, yeah. So we, you know, we uh, we asked a number of things sort of as like the background information, you know, do you think recycling is important? Do you participate in recycling? 
there were some other questions in here that I found particularly interesting. Um, and one was, you know, if you're if you have a recyclable item, you know, which of the following would you do to recycle it? And so some of the answers were, you know, I I carry it around for about an hour before you know I find a recycling bin, or I'll take recyclables home with me to properly recycle them. Um, and so the the respondents in there. I was surprised. There was a number of, of them that said that they do actually take things home to recycle them. And that makes me think about my wife in particular. My wife, uh, she works for the school district. And her school in particular doesn't have a recycling program. So she actually collects her recyclables at school and then brings them home. And so 42% uh, of the respondents said that they did that. They take recyclables home with them to properly dispose of them. So, you know, there's obviously, you know, a remaining 56, uh, 58% that said, you know, that they don't, but I think that that's on the right track. And I think that people are becoming more aware and they want to do the right thing. So uh, another important statistic in there was that uh, 50, about 51% of the folks said that they think it is important to teach kids at a young age uh, the proper way to recycle. And that is so true. It, it's it's very important that we teach our future generations the importance of recycling, uh, but not only the importance of recycling, the proper way to do it so they can make these long-lasting habits and make it a part of their life. When we make things routine, uh, we find as humans that it's very easy to fall into routine, and when it's second nature to recycle, you know, there's not much extra thought that has to go into it. Are, are um, companies becoming more responsible about their recycling and how they package and, and produce their products to, to be more eco-friendly? Yeah, there are a number of companies out there that are making shifts, uh, what I would say sustainable shifts, and they're taking a look at, you know, packaging, because packaging is really the bulk of the waste that we see. Um, and so... Uh, you've got certain companies like, I believe, IKEA, who has made vows to remove all styrofoam packaging from their boxes, which is great because styrofoam is not widely accepted in recycling programs. It is very difficult to deal with. Um, you've got other companies, and we've even seen some of this in the last handful of years, where you know they're maybe reducing the amount of plastic that they use to make a water bottle. Um, there's also talks and uh, some little pilot studies. Uh, I don't want to give credit to the wrong company, but uh, I believe it was an ice cream manufacturer who was looking at making a uh, an aluminum ice cream uh, tub. And the idea was that you go to the store and you buy this tub of ice cream, and then you once you enjoy it, you have the empty container, you send it back. And so there's a lot of great examples out there. Uh, and I think people are on the forefront of making those shifts in their companies. So if there's any business owners out there, you know, I would encourage them to take a look at their waste stream and see what shifts that they could make to make it, you know, maybe some sustainable switches. What about the timing of, of this, uh, this survey that uh, Republic had um, one poll do? Um, why now? Well, I think now we've... You know, we've been dealing with this pandemic for a number of months, and as we all start to fall into new routines or 
I'm using air quotes, our new normal, uh, I think people <laughs> can start focusing on a little extra, you know, some, some other things outside of the, you know, oh, you know, how, how do we navigate these new waters? And I think as, as people fall into routines, that's why it's important. But, you know, also, we're on the cusp of the holiday season. And during the holiday season, we, on average, see about a 25% increase in the amount of uh, waste people make. So, you know, as we roll into the holidays, they may look a little bit different this year, but, you know, we're still going to be having, you know, big old turkey on Thanksgiving. Uh, You know, there's a number of things that we could maybe look at that uh, we could make sustainable shifts in terms of packaging, Uh, you know, planning out our meals so we don't waste a bunch of food. Um, I think it's, it's a pretty great time for people to take a look at the results and say, yeah, you know what? I'm not the only one that needs to make some changes, and here's how we can make those changes. Um, what were, um, and, and maybe we've touched on this already, Jeremy, but, but I wonder what some of the takeaways from the, from the survey were. Was it um, that, that people are doing this, uh, uh, that, that people are being more conscious of, of recycling and being eco-friendly? Was it that the, the, the pandemic um, created the aha moment that you refer to? What, what were some of the, uh, the aha moments for you and others at Republic in reviewing the results of the survey? So there's two things in particular that I think that we really, uh, we're really going to take away from this. And both showed that uh, 25% of the respondents agreed with the statement. And one was that uh, they don't understand what can and cannot be recycled. So that's where it's really important for us to step in and say, hey, you know what? We recognize that a quarter of you need more tools to become a better recycler. And that's where we've launched uh, our website, RecyclingSimplified.com. And it's a really comprehensive resource where people can go on and get super easy to digest information on what they can and can't recycle, how to properly recycle it, you know, lesson plans for kids, activities for kids. So we, we recognize that we have a part in this and that people want the information, so we just need to figure out how to best give them the information. And so then the other statistic, which we also, this falls on us to do a, to do a better job of making sure that we educate people. And a quarter of the folks that took the survey believed that what they would throw in the recycling bin isn't actually going to get recycled. And that couldn't be farther from the truth. If you throw something that is, yes, recyclable in your recycling bin, it is our job and our duty to make sure that it gets recycled. So as long as it is an acceptable material, I can guarantee you that we do recycle it. So those two really stood out, and I think that we're going to take those to heart. I'm glad you brought those two things up, because one of the things that I was going to ask is where people could get better educated about what is and isn't recyclable and and what to do about it. Um, But the other thing was is is that I was very curious with um, what happens after the bin is picked up. What what are some of the things that Republic does to... um, ensure that those things are recycled yeah so we you know after the point of collection we take it to our recycling centers we call them MRFs. it's a mrf it's material recovery facility and that facility 
its sole purpose is to separate out your recyclables into individual commodities. So what I mean by that is we're taking the paper, we're separating out from the cardboard, the plastic, and the metal, and they're single commodity streams that then go off to a market to be recycled. So that's why it's really important that from the beginning we throw the right thing in the recycling bin because certain things can hinder the process. Uh, it's important that we rinse out our recyclables because if there's food or liquid that spills on paper and cardboard, that paper and cardboard is fragile, and if it's soiled, we have to throw it away. So we don't want to do that. Our job is to recover as much of the recyclables as possible. And as I said, if it is an acceptable material, our process sorts it, and then we bale it. And what I mean by bale is we compress it into these big blocks, and then we load them onto a truck, and then that truck takes it to a, a manufacturer who is going to actually recycle it into a new product. And since I mentioned manufacturing, you know, it is important to note that more than ever, you know, there is a need for these commodities in the supply chain. Uh, I don't think we want to face another toilet paper shortage, right? So it's it's, uh, it's good to get cardboard and paper into that stream so we, we don't face that again. Well, Jeremy, I, I really appreciate you uh, spending this time with me this morning. Um, and on a, on a final note, I just I, I want you to, if you would, give that website again where people can uh, learn a little bit more about recycling. Sure. It's RecyclingSimplified.com. And like I said, it's a really easy, uh, fun-to-use website. There's videos on there. Um, and again, if there's educators out there listening, uh, I know that uh, you might be doing some distance learning this year, and it is uh, a learning curve, to say the least. But there's some really awesome resources on there with virtual field trips as well. Uh, I know field trips are something that I always look forward to as a student. And, uh, you know, at least maybe a virtual one can check that box for this year. Well, Jeremy, thank you so much for spending this time with me, and keep up the good work. Hey, Tom, I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Take care. That was uh, Jeremy Walters. He is the Sustainability Ambassador for Republic Services, talking about a recent survey conducted by one poll on behalf of Republic Services that uh, shows that 6 in 10 Americans are actually worried about the future of the environment, and that number is probably likely to go up. Uh, we'll have more of the Tom Sumner program straight ahead. Hey, <laughs> this is the Unknown Comic, and guess what? You're listening to the Tom Sumner Show right now, and now, and now too, and even now. <laughs> Think of all the fellas that I haven't 
kiss. Next year I could be oh so good if you check off my Christmas list. Ba-doo, ba-doo, Santa honey, I want a yacht and really that's not a lot. Been an angel all year, Santa baby, so hurry down the chimney tonight. Santa tonight's the night. Come and trim my Christmas tree with some decorations put at Tiffany. I really do believe in you. Let's see if you believe in me. Ba-doo, ba-doo, Santa baby. Forgot to mention one little thing, a ring. I don't mean on the phone, Santa baby. So hurry down the chimney tonight. Hurry down the chimney They say singing can help you remember things, so here's some tips for parents out there during these tough times. Number one. Make sure your kids wash their hands for 20 seconds after they've coughed or sneezed or been outside. Two. Virtual play dates, social and physical distancing can help save lives. Three. Tell them they're safe and show your love and pride. Yes, we'll get through this together. Find out more at coronavirus.gov. A message from the CDC and the Ad Council. Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. If you have a knack for sales and fundraising and would like to become a valued member of a fun team, you could be a good fit for the Tom Sumner program. Help us develop the underwriters needed to continue to grow our brand. Write to us at TomSumnerProgram.com. The Tom Sumner program. Old fashioned radio for a new generation. East Village Magazine is the monthly neighborhood magazine read all over Flint. With support from grants, donations, and advertisers, East Village Magazine's talented local writers give you an in-depth look at local news, issues, and people that make Flint, Flint. Copies of East Village Magazine are available at many of your favorite shops and restaurants around Flint or online at eastvillagemagazine.org. East Village Magazine, community-focused and community-supported. Technical assistance for the Tom Sumner Program is provided by Swiftlet Technology, engineering and IT services at swiftlet.technology. How do you do, ladies and gentlemen? This is Bob Hope back once again to tell you it's better to have Pepsi than flowing over your teeth now than to have water running under your bridge later. TomSumnerProgram.com The Tom Sumner Program.com. I get the uneasy feeling Rod Serling is behind one of those doors. Rod Serling. Rod Serling. What's this, the Twilight Zone? Where is everybody? I would have been headed for the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. If I go any lower, I'll be in the Twilight Zone. All right. Oh, but Jethro's right at home in the Twilight Zone. <laughs> I'm in the Twilight Zone. Now, having made this little jaunt into the Twilight Zone, I got a feeling something strange is about to happen. Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Ann Serling, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Welcome to this presentation of the Comedy Spotlight on the Tom Sumner Program. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Mr. 
Scrooge. Morning, Mr. Scrooge. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Morning, Mr. Scrooge. Ah, humbug everybody. Good morning, Mr. Scrooge. Well, the meeting will come to order if please. Are all the advertising people represented here? Everyone except Amalgamated Cheese. Well, if they're not here for the Christmas pitch, I can't help them find new ways of tying their product into Christmas. That's why I'm chairman of this board. Uh, let's hear it for me. <laughs> All right, Abercrombie, what are your people up to? Oh, same thing as every year. 50,000 billboards showing Santa Claus pausing to refresh himself with our product. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the public has come to expect that. That's and, uh... right. It's become tradition. Fine, fine. Uh, you there, crass. Uh, I suppose your company's running the usual magazine ad showing cartons of your cigarettes peeking out of the top of Santa's sack. Uh, better than that. This year, we have him smoking one. Mm-hmm. Yes. It got Santa a little more rugged, too. Both sleeves rolled up and a tattoo on each arm. One of them says, Merry Christmas. Well, what does the other one say? Less tars. Great stuff. Uh, but, Mr. Scrooge... Well, who are you? Bob Cratchit, sir. I've got a little spice company over in East Orange, New Jersey. Do I have to tie my product into Christmas? What do you mean? Well, I was just going to send cards out showing the three wise men following the star of Bethlehem. I get it. And they're bearing your spices. No, that's perfect. No, no, uh, no. No product in it. I was just going to say, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Period. Well, that's a peculiar well, slogan. Old hat, Cratchit. That went out with button shoes. You're a businessman. Christmas is something to take advantage of. A red and green bandwagon to jump on. A sentimental shot in the arm for sales. Listen. Get the host with advertising. As sure as there's an X in Christmas, you can be sure those are Tiny Tim chestnuts roasting. Tiny Tim chestnuts are full-bodied, longer-lasting. This visible shell protects the nut. Now with XK29 added for people who can't roast after every meal. Tiny Tim, Tiny Tim, chestnuts all the way. Tiny Tim's roast hot like a chestnut hot. And they are mild, 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 mild. For you, maybe. Can't you just wish someone a Merry Christmas for the pure joy of doing it? Why? What's the percentage in that? Well, let me show you how to make Christmas work for you. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. And please buy our beer. There you go, Cratchit. 
That's Christmas with a purpose. I know, but wait a minute. Don't you guys make enough profit the other 11 months? Christmas comes but once a year. <laughs> Funny thing you should bring that up. That's exactly the point I was about to make. Hit it, boys. Christmas comes but once a year, so you better make hay while the snow is falling. Oh, that's opportunity calling you. Rub your hands, December's here. What a wonderful time to be glad and merry. But just so your mercenary toe. Buy and add and show all the toys, show all the toys up on the shelf. But just make sure that you get a plug, you get a plug in for yourself. But Christmas comes but once a year, so you better cash in while the spirit lingers. It's slipping through your fingers, boy. But don't you realize Christmas can be such a monetary joy? Well, I guess you fellas will never change. Why should we? Christmas has two S's in it, and they're both dollar signs. Yeah, but they weren't there to begin with. Huh? The people keep hoping you'll remember, but you never do. Remember what? Whose birthday we're celebrating. Well, uh, <clears throat> don't get me wrong. Uh, the story of Christmas and its simplicity is a good thing. I buy that. It's just that we know a good thing when we see it. But don't you realize Christmas has a significance, a meaning? A sales curve. Wake up, Cratchit. It's later than you think. I know, Mr. Scrooge. I know. On the first day of Christmas, the advertising's there. With newspaper ads, billboards too, business Christmas cards, and commercials on a pear tree. another comedy spotlight on the Tom Sumner program. My sister will be so 
Well, there's smoking George Winters tickling the ivories. Let me know it's time to wrap things up and head on down the hall to the living room. But I want to say thanks to all the guests on the show today, starting with uh, Jeremy Walters this last hour. Before that, award-winning journalist Jamie Thompson. And then we started out today with uh, Mike Rafferty from uh, New Detroit and uh, Andrew Stein from City Year Detroit. And tomorrow, of course, it's Armchair Politics. Plus, we'll be talking with economist Chris Douglas. Good night, everybody. The Sumner Program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions. Most of the musical accompaniment was provided by people in or from the Flint area. Many of the pre-recorded portions of the Tom Sumner program are made possible by Flint's own Steve McComb and Pencil Sketch Recording in Nashville, Tennessee. If you have comments, questions or suggestions about the show, find us on Facebook. This is Prue Clearwater. Join us next time for another edition of the Tom Sumner program. And thanks for listening.